from the American University School of Communication, welcome to special coverage of the midterm elections covering the District of Columbia, Virginia, and Maryland. Our podcast hosts are Sidney Hancock and Bradley Girigory, broadcasting from the studios of the McKinley Building in Northwest D.C. The midterms have come and gone, and the people have spoken, although the counting is still going on in a few races across the nation. Yes, Sydney, and Democrats have recaptured control of the House, but Republicans add to their majority in the Senate. Locally, votes were also cast for City Council, Board of Education, and countywide offices. We're going to take a look at some of the biggest races in the DMV, starting with the second term in the Senate for Virginia Democrat Senator Tim Kaine. Although polls had shown Kane to be comfortably ahead by 20 points over his Republican challenger, Corey Stewart, Kane had campaigned hard with TV ads in every market in Virginia. Two years ago, of course, Kane was number two on the presidential ticket with Hillary Clinton. This time around, the candidate took no vote for granted. Our coverage begins with Alexis Soto at the Kane headquarters in Falls Church, Virginia. Your once and future Virginia United States Senator Tim Kane. Democrats turned out in massive numbers across the Commonwealth to give Senator Tim Kaine a big victory, winning 57% of the vote. At the Marriott Ballroom in Falls Church, Kaine thanked his enthusiastic supporters. Wow, just, estoy bien emocionante. Estoy bien emocionante. I am so... I'm just so filled with emotion to see you guys. I I just can't, I cannot put it into words. I think tonight, Virginia showed who we are and who we aren't. Virginia sent a message with our polls closing first in the nation about American values and Virginia values. Senator Kane credited his victory to high voter turnout and sweeping Democratic enthusiasm going so far as to say that the party will continue its reign. We're going to win back the House and the Senate in Virginia in 2019. Kane's race was called just as supporters were filing into the venue, only 30 seconds after the polls closed in Virginia at 7 p.m. Falls Church resident Nick Vusick was pleasantly surprised and loved the excitement in the room. A lot better than the last time we went to election night watch parties. Also in the crowd, Latino supporter George Becerra. So I've been a supporter of him for years. In terms of Latino uh, presence in our community, he's always been there. Voter turnout was at near presidential levels, according to Carter Black, state director of Next Gen Virginia. We've seen precincts that far surpassed turnout in 2014 by 12 p.m. today at these youth-dense precincts. Democrats dominated the Virginia ballot and flipped the critical seats they needed to retake the House of Representatives. Alexis Soto, Falls Church. In one of the nation's most watched House races, voters in Northern Virginia's 10th Congressional District turned out in large numbers to cast votes in very competitive and costly races. Virginia's 10th has a higher median income than any area outside of Silicon Valley and is the most college-educated GOP-held district in the country. We have reporters stationed with the campaigns of incumbent Republican Barbara Comstock and her Democratic challenger, Jennifer Wexton. First, our Kip Dooley reports from Wexton's election night headquarters. 
Hundreds of joyous supporters packed a hotel ballroom near Dulles Airport to celebrate Jennifer Wexton's victory over Republican incumbent Barbara Comstock. She's the first Democrat to win Virginia's 10th congressional district in 40 years. It was a long campaign, 565 days by her count, marked by attacks from both sides, including anonymous Facebook ads comparing Wexton to Nazis. In her acceptance speech, Wexton focused instead on the work ahead. Not to win votes, but to win back the inclusion, compassion, civility, and dignity that make America the nations we all know and love. Joy McManus, a member of Moms Demand Action for Gun Control, said Wexton was a strong advocate as a Virginia state senator. She was one of the original people that came to meetings when there were just a few of us. Um, she's always been passionate about common sense gun laws. In 2016, Republican Barbara Comstock won the congressional seat easily, running as a moderate. But many voters, like Fritz Bondoa, said that she has sided with President Trump too willingly. Trump definitely needs a check in Congress, and I think Jennifer Wexton will serve as that check. At the end of the night, Wexton called her victory a win for civility. Kip Dooley, Dulles. This is Ethan Smith at the election night headquarters of Barbara Comstock in Ashburn, Virginia. Representative Comstock lost her bid for re-election, falling short to Jennifer Wexton by 12 points. Comstock thanked her supportive, yet disappointed constituents for the history that they made together over the past two terms. And I can't thank you enough for that privilege to be the first woman congressman in the 10th district. A dominating storyline in the race for Virginia's 10th district was Wexton's portrayal of Comstock as a Trump ally. Many of her supporters at the campaign headquarters feared opponents voted against Trump instead of for Wexton. Bill Wilkin, a Comstock supporter since the 2016 presidential primaries, says Wexton knows better. This entire night is really kind of sad because for, for Jennifer Wexton to claim that Barbara was Trumpstock was a blatant lie. And Jennifer is not as ignorant as that. I mean, she knows that Barbara is not a Trump clone. Registered Democrat Christine Hackett says that she was not deterred by the shadow that Trump casted on the district. Hackett says that she voted for Comstock and encourages her to stay involved in public life. You know, Trump has a lot of detractors. I don't think it was, you know, she was unfortunately painted with that brush. Um, and I just hope she doesn't get discouraged and wants to stay involved in public service. Wexton's victory marks the first time in 40 years that a Democratic representative has held the 10th district seat. Ethan Smith, Ashburn. Wexton is one of three Democratic women who won Virginia congressional races. In the Virginia 7th district, former CIA operative Abigail Spamberger knocked off a Tea Party star, Representative Dave Bratt. Bratt is the former economics professor who oust then-House Majority Leader Eric Cantor in 2014 and became a hero of the ultra-conservative House Freedom Caucus. The final win by Elaine Luria in Virginia's 2nd District pushed out Republican Scott Taylor. All of these wins means there will now be more than 100 women serving in Congress. And turning now to Maryland, where early voter turnout smashed records. In the deep blue state, a popular Republican incumbent, Governor Larry Hogan, beat his underfunded Democratic challenger, Ben Jealous. Even with the help of comedian Dave Chappelle hitting the campaign trail for him, Jealous could not topple one of Maryland's most popular politicians. Arjuris Boston reports from the governor's victory party in Annapolis. Ladies and gentlemen, changing Maryland for the better, the 62nd governor of the great state of Maryland, Larry Hogan. 
A jubilant crowd of supporters, family and friends gathered at the Western Hotel in Annapolis as incumbent Governor Larry Hogan defeated Democrat Ben Jealous. Tonight, in this deep blue state, in this blue year, with a blue wave, it turns out I can surf and we had a purple surfboard. Hogan's victory comes in a year when Democrats across the country turned out in droves to protest the presidency of Donald Trump. With support from both sides of the aisle, Hogan becomes the first Republican governor re-elected in the state in 64 years. Supporter James Hart says Hogan is the right guy for the job. It's very rarely you see Democrats strongly for the Republican Party and this is a rare situation and he deserved to be re-elected and he's a great governor. Supporters dance, mix, and mingle with the live band till well after 1 a.m. Marion Newell says the voters have chosen the only candidate for Maryland. Ben Jealous, he's very out there and he's very fanatic and I, I think that that turns a lot of Democrats off. Voters turned out in big numbers with more than 2.1 million Marylanders casting ballots. In Annapolis, Jerese Boston. Governor Hogan promised to be governor for all Marylanders and he wished his opponent, Democrat Ben Jealous, well in his future endeavors. Jealous won more of the vote than many expected, but failed to carry the race. Hogan is the first Republican governor to win re-election in Maryland in 50 years. Voters in Montgomery County, Maryland, the state's most populous county, had to choose from among three candidates for county executive. The position was open after outgoing county executive, Democrat Isaiah Leggett, decided not to run for re-election. That was before term limits were put into place. Issues included overcrowded schools, traffic congestion, and demands on the county budget. There was a Democrat, a Republican, and an Independent on the ballot. 68-year-old Democrat Mark Elrig survived a tough primary fight by just 77 votes, but he took 64% of the general election vote. Supporters like Nolu Crockett Natanga say that Elrig will improve affordable housing and development in the county. Mark Elridge has always been for the people. He's always supported tenant rights. He's very multicultural, and he's just a man of the people. And when I learned that he did not take money from developers, I knew he was my candidate. Independent Nancy Florine took less than 20% of the vote. She dropped her Democratic Party affiliation in order to run against Elric. She is a veteran Democratic County Council member. Even with an endorsement from the Washington Post, Florine told our Jawan Mawahed that the votes just weren't there for her. I, I am so honored. I've had so many, so much great support community-wide and, uh, you know, the numbers are the numbers. Florine says it took three months of work to get this campaign going, but she's proud of everything they've accomplished. Republican Robert Ficker made his 20th unsuccessful attempt at elected office over more than 40 years. He had little campaign infrastructure and faced an uphill battle since 60% of the voters are Democrats and registered independent outnumber Republicans. You are listening to midterm election coverage of the DMV from the American University School of Communication in Washington, D.C. And turning now to Washington, D.C., where voters easily kept incumbent Democrat Mayor Muriel Bowser in office. She really had no serious challenges, and the mayor built up an impressive war chest with some $1.4 million raised in the first 80 days of her re-election campaign. The mayor took an unusual step of publicly opposing the re-election bid of sitting D.C. council member, hoping to unseat independent Elisa Silverman, who ran for a second term. The two women have clashed over Silverman's scrutiny of city agencies 
and support for a new paid family leave bill, which the mayor opposes. Silverman also objected to the council's decision to overturn a voter pass initiative to raise the minimum wage for tip workers. Silverman spent election night at a gathering at the Tabard Inn in downtown DC. I just want to thank everyone here. We couldn't have run this campaign without you. This is a people-driven campaign. A DC resident, wards one through eight driven campaign. I think what, um, what I got out of the results tonight and from going to polls all over the city um, is that we want to be a compassionate city. Right? A city that makes sure that workers are paid fairly and equitably. Silverman took 26.8% of the vote, and incumbent Democrat Anita Bonds took nearly 45%. Voters elected two D.C. council at-large seats. The mayor's endorsed candidate, Dion Reeder, tapped into the mayor's donor network to finance her campaign. She spent much of her career as a community organizer and struggled to keep her campaign alive until support came from the mayor. But you know what I respect about a woman like Mayor Bowser? Regardless of what everybody else said, she made the best decision. And she actually endorsed me and put everything she could behind me. Because guess what she saw? She saw it in the 11th hour and y'all saw it in the first hour. Y'all saw a candidate that had the integrity and cared about the people in the District of Columbia, and I am not going to stop. It has to start tomorrow. Reader's election night gathering was at the Ivy City Smokehouse, where enthusiastic supporters encouraged the candidate to run again for political office. Little change last night on the D.C. Council. Incumbent candidates pulled out easy victories in nearly every ward. The closest race was in Ward 3 where incumbent Democrat Mary Che secured 74% of the vote. Chairman Phil Mendelson kept his seat, winning a whopping 91% of the vote. That's it for our 2018 midterm election coverage of the DMV. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bradley Girigori. And I'm Sydney Hancock. Our special thanks to those who put together the American University Graduate Journalism Podcast. Executive producer, Aya Sadek. Associate producer, Bridget Stevens. Board operators, Alexandria Wilkes and Whitney Petralia. Reporters, Kip Dooley, Ethan Smith, Wyatt Red, Fonda Mwangi, Joanne Mawahid, Alexis Soto, Jerice Boston, Cindy Choi, and Professor Jill Olmstead.